Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of You, Me and the GP with me, Richard Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels. Um, thank you for uh, tuning in and uh, joining us today. The show is going to be a health, uh, nutrition and exercise based podcast. It's going to be available on iTunes and uh, on the website as well. We're going to be doing it once a week but initially you will have a nice chunk of um, content to listen to so on the first sort of release date you'll probably find there'll be new podcasts every day for the first week and then we'll drop off then to um, once uh, a week after that the episodes will be 30 to 60 minutes long uh, just for you to know it'll be good for going to the gym and walking the dog and um, the reasons why uh, we're doing this um, the, the doctor and I Basically, Mark will explain why in a second he's, he's doing it, but my reasons are similar, and, and we, I believe there's a health epidemic across the world um, caused by um, uh, toxins and, and pollutants in, in the environment, uh, and that be food environment, uh, water and air, um, and I, I want to provide some solutions and simplify and get rid of all the confusion that's out there, and that's pretty much it in a nutshell. This show is for over 40s who want to retire fit and healthy. Um, so uh, we're here to help you guys. If you have any questions for us, you can um, email them in to info at richard-clark.co.uk and we'll be having a mixture of interview-based podcasts and Q&A-based uh, podcasts. So for those of you who don't um, know who uh, I am and anything about me, I'm uh, from South Wales. Um, I live with my family and uh, my two dogs. I got a son called Louie and a daughter called Rosie. And um, I'm an exercise scientist and a nutritionist. I work mostly with over 40s. And I've worked with the over 40s since I was about 21 years old. I worked um, delivering a doctor's referral scheme uh, where I'd have people referred to me for exercise um, uh, on prescription. People would come in and we'd take them through uh, lots of um, kind of um, uh, changes and um, health uh, performing, uh, health uh, boosting uh, exercises. Um, the um, GP scheme kind of led on to cardiac rehabilitation and me really having a passion to work with older people um, and I've been doing cardiac rehab now for 12 years. Um, I have seen lots of change over my period um, involved in the industry which we will talk about over the process of the podcast but I've seen some things come full circle 
and we've gone from kind of you know the government recommending high carbohydrate uh, diets and I was implementing those recommendations through the schemes and seeing the results of those and then we, we've come full circle to using the lower carbohydrate diets and things like that so I'm going to share all those sort of 17 years of experience I've got. My approach to all this stuff led me to meeting the doctor so my approach to all of this is I train people, I do nutrition coaching with people and I, I do sports massage and treatment and my approach is, is holistic. Um, we use a lot of organic um, type prescriptions, organic food, saunas, things like that. We also were doing a lot of testing for our clients and wanting to get a bit more accurate with our uh, help that we could give people and that led me to meeting Mark. Um, Mark's partner and colleague uh, Craig um, in a, a business called Revolutionary Health. Um, they were offering lots of hormonal testing and, 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 and blood testing and urine testing and we kind of uh, met and I was speaking to Mark and I'm, it was the first GP I'd ever met who was in agreement with me on lots of my kind of um, and, and the more controversial approaches if you want to call them that which is low carbohydrate um, kind of uh, diets and uh, the, the issues around uh, ill health being able to be solved better with food rather than medicine so as soon as I met Mark I was really excited and he was initially going to be a guest on the podcast but it's kind of morphed and evolved into something a bit more exciting now and he's going to be helping me on a regular basis interview and answer your questions so without further ado um, I'd like to introduce uh, Dr Mark Daniels um, you want to say hello Mark and tell people a little bit about yourself? Ah, thanks Rich, uh, I'm uh, Mark Downs, I'm a GP for the last well, more years than I'd like to remember, uh, about 24 years. Uh, I'm a 33 year old uh, man who uh, was a normal GP really until I was 40 and then I had a rather life changing event. I, I broke my neck and uh, this was uh, the usual sort of doctor diagnosis, I was in a swimming pool and my son on my shoulders uh, with two other boys um, trying to pull each other off their shoulders and I ended up with all of them on top of me on my neck well I, I just got out of the pool and didn't think much of it um, I sort of hobbled into work the next day so I had a bit of a sore neck my partner in work saw me and said oh, there's not much wrong with you so I carried on I actually went on a golfing holiday the next week to Spain and I'm, I'm not a bad golfer but I kept missing the ball and I thought well, this is a bit strange but as usual sort of cobbler shoes styly I didn't think much of it um, I then came back and went back to see him and he said, well, I still don't think much wrong with you. Go, go to see the chiropractor. So I went to see the chiropractor. He got an x-ray, nothing much on the x-ray. And uh, I had some therapy with him. It was a bit painful, but I didn't think much of it once again. I then went to see one of my mates who was a sports therapist. He uh, did some uh, manipulation on my neck. Uh, he called me a bit of a wimp because I was screaming when he was doing it. Again, I still didn't think much of it. Uh, Eventually, I went off sick for about two weeks because I was in so much pain. Um, didn't take many painkillers, so I don't really agree with them. But I, I sort of carried on and uh, I went for a walk with my wife. I, I'd been astrovector on the falls and I took my shirt off. It was a lovely day. And she turned to me and said, uh, you haven't got any muscles on your back. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, your left side of your back, is, is the muscles have gone. I thought, ah, and finally, the penny dropped. Something was wrong. So I went back and saw my partner that, that afternoon and luckily for me, um, the radiographer who runs the MRI scanner 
in a local hospital is one of our patients. So we, we got a hold of him and he said, well, come down. So I went down there. He scanned my neck and uh, he said, don't move, Mark. Uh, I'm going to get the neurosurgeon. So he went and got the neurosurgeon. He said, uh, you're not going home. I said, well, what do you mean I'm not going home? He said, well, well unfortunately, that you've got two discs that have gone straight through your spinal cord and pressed it right up against the other side. In other words, like, spinal cord normally is... Uh, has got a load of fluid around it uh, and it's supported by this fluid and uh, it's protected. But I'd gone straight through the spinal fluid, pushed the spinal cord up against uh, the other side and I, I was running on two millimetres of uh, spinal cord. So obviously I was pretty unstable there. So he, he operated me the next day and um, I went home and uh, I was still in a bit of pain and didn't do much for the next sort of six months. I, I went back to work, but I was still in pain. So he then took out another... Then put a bit. I'd say he didn't take. I took up one disc the first time, and then he put a polypropylene cage and a piece of metal in my neck. And I haven't looked back since. But of course, after this, I did still have any muscles on my left side. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? So I um, I looked around on the on the internet as you do, and I I hadn't done much sports in school really. I'd been I'd played a bit of golf, but I was I wasn't a particularly fit bloke, and I ballooned up to about fifteen and a half stone, and I was previously about twelve. Uh, so I thought I'd better do something about this muscle, and so I, I found, as, as a lot of people do, I found the body. I think it's Body for Life program, and I did that. Did, got some weights, and I, I did a bit of that, and I had some results. About three months of training, I got, got a bit of results. Got some of the muscle back, but I got bored. So then I went on to uh, I found I went on the website, and it was about two thousand and seven, and I uh, I discovered CrossFit. So. I, you could do it at home, so I thought. Right, I, I again bought myself some some more weights. I bought myself a barbell, and uh, I was outside in the freezing cold doing barbells and all sorts of strange things. In fact, one of my mates, uh, I was running down the back lane backwards one day, and he said, "What the hell are you doing, Mark?" I said, "Oh, this is CrossFit. I run backwards, you know, and all this sort of stuff." So uh, I did that, and I, I, I've been doing that off on and off ever since, and uh, it made a huge difference. And I, I'm, I'm now sort of quite fit. But uh, during my time uh, doing CrossFit, I, I started thinking about nutrition because there was a lot of stuff on the, on the CrossFit website uh, about nutrition. And there was things like the zone, so I tried that for a bit, and I couldn't weigh and measure my food, so I got bored with that. So then I, I discovered uh, paleo, which is, you know, sort of caveman-type stuff, and uh, that seemed to strike a chord with me, and I uh, started to do that. And I had superb results with that. Uh, not, I then discovered uh, Rob Wolf and Mark Sissons, they're two excellent websites I, I yeah, suggest that anyone who is interested in nutrition goes and has a look at those two websites they give a vast amount of information so I've sort of done primal nutrition since then and once I had results on myself I started thinking well what about patients I mean I've got a lot of patients out there I mean the uh, diabetes has become a sort of epidemic in uh, in Britain I mean when I started in, in uh, practice I'm in now in South Wales I was there was 2% diabetics and now there's 8% so you can see there's a lot of metabolic type illness around. So I started thinking, well, these people could be helped the same way as I was. So I've I had a lot of success with people with things like irritable bowel. I mean, I take them off gluten and they seem to do very well. And, and he, we've managed to reverse a few diabetics and make them non-diabetics. So there's a lot of work that can be done. And I, and one of the, I mean, Richard said why he does the podcast. And one of the reasons I think we should do what we do in the podcast is there's a cartoon out there that I think is, is superb. It's a picture of a doctor and a, and a very fat lady. And the doctor's got a bubble above his head saying, uh, you know that uh, diet I gave you 30 years ago, which said eat lots of high carbohydrate, healthy um, grains and low fat? Well, I'm afraid it's given you 
uh, obesity, heart disease, diabetes, and I think you've probably got Alzheimer's as well. And the bread bomb goes, oops. And I think that's, uh, that sums up really where we are today. And unfortunately, the government's in a difficult position because it suddenly turns around and says, oh, you know what advice you've been giving me for the last 30 years? Well, that's what it's done to you. I think there might be a few lawsuits out there. So I think, that, I think the government's in a tricky position. I think a lot of science now is showing that the advice we've been given for the last 30 years is probably wrong. So that's why I'm here. And hopefully we'll be able to um, set a few records straight. Brilliant. That's uh, fantastic, Mark. Um, and tell um, everybody what you told me about the, you give out a nutritional sheet uh, to a lot of your um, patients yeah. as opposed to a prescription uh, yeah. in the first instance. Yeah, I, I, I did this. It started off really with um, one of our nurses. She was, um, I hope she, she won't mind me saying this, um, she was off sick. And I said to the others, well, what's wrong with her? And they said, oh, she's got a bad tummy. I said, oh, okay, right. I said, well, she had bad tummy long. She said, well, she's had bad tummy for the last 30 years. I thought, oh, right, okay. So when she came back, I said, well, what's, what's, you know, don't mind me asking, what's the problem? She said, well, I get irritable bowel. I've been under the gastroenterologist for 30 years. And um, they, you know, I'm on three different medications. And I, ever so often I get really bad. I said, well, have you ever tried any sort of dietary modification? And she's really sort of clued up girl. And she said, well, yeah, I've, I've done a nutritional um, thing. I eat lots of healthy whole grains. And I thought, ah, oh, there we go. So I said, well, why don't you try something completely different? Just don't take any, anything with gluten in it for the next week and see where you go. Anyway, three days later, I said, well, how are you doing? She said, well, I'm better. I said, well, you can't be completely better. She said, yeah, I'm completely better. Now, all the people in the practice have thought I was a complete idiot with all my um, you know, sort of low carb, etc. But once she was completely cured and she was off all her medications within a, within a month, the practice started thinking, oh, maybe he's not such a you know, wacko. Uh, and uh, they, they were sort of fully on board with the uh, giving out the, the diet for people with irritable bowel and, and many other problems. So um, she, I mean, she hasn't looked back, she's not on any medications, and the only time that she actually had a problem is when she went to a Bon Jovi concert, and she didn't have much time, had a pasty and got carried out at the Bon Jovi concert. She won't eat pasties ever again. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, everyone's on board. Now, the, the diet sheet is very simple. I mean, we, we basically give them, we tell people to eat as much meat, fish, eggs, and vegetables as they like, uh, stay off all the, uh, the gluten, um, eat a little bit of dairy if they want, um, they can uh, have a few, a few pieces of fruit, fruits and nuts and seeds, and um, tell them to eat, you know, have, sorry, tell them to take a vitamin D, because we basically just don't get enough vitamin D, because uh, we're in the Northern Hemisphere, and patients do very well, and we've had a lot of weight loss success, and a lot of people who've got sort of metabolic diseases have, uh, have had a, an enormous amount of success. Mm-hmm. So we're, um, we're, we're still you know, pushing that, and I, I'm sort of doing a little mini audit on it, and you know, I, I code every time I give the sheet out, and some people take it on board. Some, some of the very hardcore, really obese people just say the diet's impossible, which it would be for them because they're just not on board with it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The fine are uh, sometimes the most difficult uh, group of people. It's Absolutely. not just um, sort of straightforward. Uh, there's a lot of other things going on there. Great. So um, I... Wanted to ask you, uh, obviously, why you were doing the podcast. You answered that nicely. If you, what is the one of your pet hates, Mark? Um, something you'd like to change, and something you'd like to see change um, I, out there. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. I think that's a real problem. You have all these men's magazines that say if you eat things like if you eat acai berries, for example, you will forty percent reduction in prostate cancer. Well. People out there buying cow berries thinking they're going to get prostate cancer. And really, I mean, that's not true. I and mean, 40% reduction in anything would be a miracle. 
So I think what people have to do is learn how to judge themselves what information actually means. I mean, I think a good example of it is the difference between what is a relative risk and an absolute risk. Now, if you get on the morning TV someone saying there's a 25% reduction in heart disease if you eat, if you don't eat uh, processed meat, then people think, oh, correct, you can't eat bacon anymore, throw away the frying pan. But actually, if you, uh, sorry, it's reduction in colon cancer. I said heart disease, colon cancer, I meant. Uh, so 25% reduction in colon cancer on, on the BBC News. Um, and so they don't, people say, oh, don't eat, don't eat bacon anymore. And actually, um, your actual lifetime risk of getting colon cancer is 4%. That's your abs- what's called absolute risk. So if you reduce it by 25%, you're actually reducing it by 1%. So you actually, sorry, if you increase, I'm making a mess of this. If you increase your risk by 25%, yeah, you're actually increasing, five, yeah. uh, increasing it by 1%. So you're actually increasing your risk from 4% to 5%. Well, I wouldn't throw away the bacon for 1%. No. So, I mean, that risk, them saying 25% is actually a bit of a misinformation, but it doesn't make the news if you say you increase your risk by 1%. Mm. Okay, so yeah. I really don't like those sort of things. I mean, I think re- relative and absolute risk is very important. I also think there's something else that's very important, which is something called number needs to treat, number needs to harm. Yes. So if you have, if your child is seven years old and it's got an ear infection you take it to the doctors you, most patients will think oh I need antibiotics for this my child but actually if you look at the statistics the actual if you, if you give um, people antibiotics it would, if you give 20 people antibiotics one will be made better in other words one will have one day's less pain and the other 19 will have no effect on so you have to treat 20 people to have one patient have a benefit and it's only one day's improved in, in pain so 19 times out of 20 it doesn't make any difference but then on the flip side the number needed to harm is 13 so for every 13 people you give antibiotics to one of them will have diarrhea vomiting and a reaction to the antibiotics so you only have to treat 13 people with antibiotics to get one person harmed but you have to keep treat 20 people with antibiotics to get one person cured so you with that armed with that information, would you want to give your child antibiotics? Well, no, clearly no. not. So, no, I mean, most got got, 20 to 1 chance of them working and a 13 to 1 chance of them getting ill. Exactly. So, uh, that's now out there in sort of the doctor's domain, and most doctors would probably not give antibiotics to mm. ear infections, but that's the sort of information that patients need. They need to know the difference between a relative and an absolute risk and the difference between a number needed to treat and a number needed to harm. So when you read your men's magazines, you need to, and it says reduction in prostate cancer with a cadaveris, you actually need to know what your absolute risk of prostate cancer is. And, and then, then what that is in relation that is to in, that. In relation to that, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's very important. That's excellent, Mark. That's some real um, good explanation of, of some important points that people need, need to be aware of. Fantastic. Um, next question... I suppose it's two in one year. Describe to me the average person that comes in to see you in your consulting room um, with regards to their illness and their health status and things like that. So they, we, we live in South Wales. Um, we um, are very high up on uh, what's called the deprivation kind of index. And um, anybody who knows about South Wales, it's a heavy industry area. Um, people are, are generally not um, that clued up with regards to health. So what's your average on that basis? <laughs> there is no average. Because yes. uh, this is so, it, that's one of the beauties of being a general practitioner. You see everything. But um, I think the big difference is when I started there, a fat person was rare and now a fat person is not rare. So you get all the, the metabolic diseases. As I said before, 2% diabetes when I started, 8% now. 
But the biggest thing, I think, is patients' expectations is very, very high. And what they actually want to come in to, to do is come in and then sort of almost vomit their problem onto the table and say, you deal with it. They actually, I, I'd like to have on my door something like, do not come in here unless you're willing to change. Because patients now expect to come in, be given a pill or a tablet to make whatever they've got better. I mean, the classic example of this is the... the um, Anyone who's got heartburn, uh, sort of any sort of gastrointestinal upset, they want the tablet, the low sec or whatever, to make them better. And it does make them better, but they then can eat their pasties, go out and have, drink beer and live a bad life. So facilitate in... They are, they are bad, they're bad habits. Yeah, yes. so a lot of the medicines we give nowadays... And they want you to facilitate that. Absolutely. They want yeah. to, rather than be sit down and say, well, actually, let's have a look at your diet and let's have a look at your lifestyle and see if we can change that to stop you being ill. Mm. They want you want the, the fix to make them better. From they are, they are, yeah, they haven't come to you for any big change. They've come no. to you for something, a uh, quick fix. Absolutely. And every, everything's a quick fix. And therein lies um, the, problem, the, yeah. the problem within Absolutely. society, I think. Yeah, um, that I, I think is an inherent laziness in that attitude yeah. and people are not willing to really put any yeah. hard work in and are not going to sugarcoat well, sugar it it is what it is same you know? with exercise people are not willing to put the exercise in mm. people are not willing to put it look into their diet and people most people don't actually think their diet has anything to do with their health yeah they yeah. actually can't make the connection between their diet and their health at all I know. Right. in fact most most doctors to be fair don't make much uh, distinction between diet and health i mean they uh yeah doctor's education Unfortunately, my education on nutrition was very, very small. And I teach students now, and I ask them, you know, how much nutrition do you get? And they go, mm, not a lot. I mean, even when you go to a, a lecture, if you go to a lecture on, say, diabetes, you're sitting there, lecture, I'm sitting there waiting to see what they're going to say, and they go, right, you have a new diabetic in, you give them lifestyle advice, and then, you, then straight into the drugs. And so often they don't even say what the lifestyle advice is. Now, if you have a diabetic coming to you, the first thing you should ask them, do you smoke? Because if you smoke then your risk of um, having complications diabetes is so, so much higher than anything else. It doesn't matter what medication you give them. If they smoke, they're going to have complications much quicker. I mean, for every cigarette they smoke is worth 20 for a normal person. I mean, wow. So a diabetic who smokes one cigarette, you say, oh, I'm down to 10 cigarettes today. I say, well, actually, that's 200 cigarettes. And equivalent. Go, equivalent. Yeah. So then, oh, so we, we don't do lifestyle very well. As doctors, we don't do lifestyle for a while. And that, just that one fact, you think, oh, God, that's the most important thing. So really, when you go to a diabetic clinic, the first thing you should see is stop smoking advice. If you don't, if you don't smoke, well, you go past that to the next thing, which will be diet. So, I mean, going back to the number needs to treat, and sorry, going back to the absolute and relative risks, I think a classic one that I get is someone comes into me and says, let's go back to the other one again, the um, processed meats. They say, oh, I'm worried about eating bacon and fat and stuff when I tell them to eat a high-fat diet. I said, well, I explained to them that they're only increasing those from 4%, which is the absolute risk, to 5%. And I said, do you smoke? And they stink of facts. And I said, do you smoke? And they said, yeah. I said, well, do you know what your risk of lung cancer is? And they said, well, no. And I said, well, look, your background risk of lung cancer is 4%, same as your background risk of, um, of uh, bowel cancer. Yeah. So if you, if, so if you don't, don't smoke, your risk is 4%. And if you don't eat red meat, your risk is 4%. There's two different illnesses, colon cancer. But your risk if you smoke, relative risk, is 2,000%. So it's 20 times higher risk. risk. So in other words, you would have a risk of 20 times 4, which is 84, and 80 plus the 4, 84% chance of getting lung cancer if you smoke, compared with 5% of getting colon cancer if you eat red meat. What do you think is more important? Give up fags 
or yeah. Um, yeah. or eating red meat, so they eat processed meat. And so, mm. you know, people sometimes they think, oh yeah, perhaps giving up smoking will be more important yeah. than, than worrying about my bacon. People miss the big. Uh, uh, the, the big things and they they are focusing on the detail oh, too, too often. Do you ever see the the demonstration where a chap's got a jar and the first thing he puts in is the golf balls and the yeah, second yeah, thing yeah. he puts in is the pebbles yeah. and then the sand and yeah. then the water yeah. um, and it's just a, a demo to explain to people well if you don't put the golf balls in first yeah. and get those right yeah. then none of the other stuff will fit into yeah. your life. I've heard so, a better example of that is that he does all that and then he pours beer in. Oh says, yeah, that's there's, right. There's always, always room, time for always a cup of beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a good example. Yeah, You've got is. to get the building blocks right first. Yeah, get those main things in, yeah. which for us to say would be a simple, basic nutrition plan, yeah. like you said, the one you give your patients, yeah. which is Paleolithic uh, yeah. type um, yeah. uh, Neanderthal nutrition, caveman nutrition. And, and that's what we're trying to do here. We're not going to give you information and just to make it complicated. No. We're going to try to simplify things. Absolutely. and it, It's not complicated. It's very basic what we're trying yeah. to do and, and, and trying to just... Uh, get fresh air, drink clean water, and eat whole foods. Yeah, you know, that's it. Episode one done and dusted. We never have to record another episode. <laughs> but um, no, we we're gonna uh, go into slightly more uh, sort of detail with some things. But generally, that is our approach: simplistic um, and, and trying to get that to be um, effective solutions. Um, I think we've got some some good stuff there. What? So, so obviously, you're not the first. The first thing you do then is not to pull out the medication sheet with your diabetics and and things like that, and and with your people who got high cholesterol. And so, your general approach for for somebody first consultation for those. You have to pick your patients. I mean, there are some yeah, people, good. some people who are interested in more than just the quick fix. And to be honest, you're looking at. A small proportion in, in an area where I work. I mean, I, it's a high deprivation in Leeds Hotel, but yeah. you most people are looking for the quick fix. And you could talk till you're blue in the face, and it wouldn't make any difference to some mm. people. But you pick, I mean, probably pick one or two patients to surgery where you say, Well, hold on, let's go back a step and let's have a look at why you've got this. Mm. And those, if, if they take it on board, they take a long time. Mm. I mean, we have 10 minute appointments. And, Sometimes it can take almost an hour to, right. to get through to some people that they, they can do something for themselves. Yeah. But once you get them on board, quite often they're on board for good. Mm. But the only problem is once they're on board for good, they want that hour every time. Yeah. So it is difficult. That's why we, we, I started with my partner, Revolutionary Health, so we can give people some time yes. to go through with those people who are keen on exercise, nutrition, and looking after themselves, yeah. that we can give them time to improve their own bodies, minds, and um, you know, general sort of outlook. Yeah. And so um, that's why we started Revolutionary Health, just to try and sort of ease the burden on me. I can get, get my outlet, right? not ease the burden, I can get my outlet on doing this sort of more holistic medicine there, whereas I can still do my ordinary work with a hopefully a bias on some, some holistic stuff in my own surgery. But you, with the pressure of work, you cannot do it all the time. I would not say I... Every time someone comes in, I look at them and think, oh, I can, I can look at you and sort, sort something out from the basic level. I actually look at them and think, will you take this on board? Right, Probably so you're not. the person, yeah, I suppose. To, and as I've known most of them for 25 years, mm. I can actually think, well, yeah, you're not going to take whatever I said to you in the past, you've not taken it on board. Or yeah. you actually were interested last time and in, in, in you lost loads of weight last time and then you've sort of fallen off the wagon. Let's see if we can have another go at it. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and since I had the accident and I've sort of changed my views... 
uh, you get a lot more out of being a doctor. Yeah. If, if you actually, yeah. rather than stick a band-aid on it, you can actually make people better. Like, like our practice nurse, you made, made her better and her whole out- outlook on life is better. And how is she going to be now when she's dealing with the well, she, she does, clients? She, she's very good at, you know? uh, at dealing with nutrition now, yeah. I bet she is. Yeah. And, and that's great to have somebody who has a, a personal interest. Yes, it's nice absolutely. if you come across a, a doctor or a specialist or a consultant yeah. who's got a, a, an exercise and a nutrition interest. So tell us a bit more about Revolutionary Health. What? Obviously, I know all about it. Tell everybody about Revolutionary Health and, and again, why it was set up and, and what it's there to address. Uh, the, the big issue which we are, we've discussed this. Yeah, well, it's, it started... I had the interest, but I, I didn't have the sort of motivation to make it into a business because I'm not a businessman, I'm a doctor. So I, I, I was actually... I've got a friend who is now my business partner, Craig, as we mentioned before. And I've known him since he was five because he's my younger brother's best, sort of my best mate. And he was always the chubby kid. I mean, it was only rare in, in sort of the 80s to have a chubby kid. I mean, I remember my, um, I recently had a 30-year reunion. I remember looking at the photographs recently of when we started in 1980 as, doctor, as students. And there wasn't a fat person in the 130 people in the, in the year. Not one in that photograph. I thought, that's amazing. If you took a, a new graduate, new, new undergraduate photograph now, mm. 50% maybe, maybe overweight. Yes. So... Anyway, he was always the fat, the fat child, and um, he couldn't have children. He had to go through adoptions and so on. And he eventually, he, he'd been through loads and loads of diet things, and I hadn't really talked to him about it. And he... He, he came had, to see me at one point. Yeah, yeah. He, he went and had, he had a sleeve, which is, uh, we had basically had your stomach, part, most of your stomach cut out, this little bulge, bit of your stomach cut out, so you can't actually get the volume in. And he lost about two stone then. So he went down from about 20 stone to 18 stone, and he was allowed to adopt and so on. Anyway, we're playing golf one day, and he's saying, he said, Mark, I'm on 1,500 calories, and I'm gaining weight. He said, I don't understand. I said, well, all calories aren't, aren't created equal. He went, oh, he's quite scientific. And he said, I've been ridiculous. All calories, calories in, calories out. I said, no, no, no. If you ate 1,500 calories of Coke or 1,500 calories of salmon, do you think your body handles it in the same way? And he went, well, no, it's probably not. I said, well, of course it doesn't. I mean, if you have the Coke, it goes straight to fat. And if you have the salmon, it builds your muscles, the fat nourishes your brain, etc., etc. And you pee out the rest of it. And so he, 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 over the next sort of 14 holes, we had this discussion. And he said, well, yeah, this is, this is good. So he went away. And we had, we, over the next couple of months, we had lots of chats. And he lost another three, four stone. And he's now a normal weight. And he's kept it off. And it's been two, three years later. And so about a year and a half ago, he said to me, well, we could do business with this. I said, we have, there's no business in telling people to eat healthy foods. I mean, it's pointless. You can't make money out of healthy foods. I said, and he said, you know, he said, well, what? What I wanted to know is, and you did it for me, Mark. He said you did blood tests on me, so I could sh- show I progressed. I said, well, yeah, yeah, but because being on the inside of medicine, I, I do blood tests on people all the time, and I can show they progressed. But the average person who's fit and healthy, or maybe wants to see if they're fit and healthy, can't really go to the doctor and say, well, can I have a uh, blood test for diabetes? Can I have a blood test for this, that, and the other? Because they're fit and healthy. The doctor looks and thinks, I've got all these sick people. Like, what the hell are you I've doing? I've been. Here? I've tried it, Mark. I yeah. got laughed out of the surgery. Yeah. Um, I mean, because you haven't got time. I mean, I said to the doctor, I want to be healthier. Yeah. Not healthy, healthier. Yeah. Shit, huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry. Yeah, that's it. You, 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 there is no avenue for people who have an interest in their health but aren't ill, mm. and that's that's what we're trying to fill. So basically, what happens is people can contact us and. We have a, a little um, medical questionnaire to make sure we're not sort of um, dealing with people who actually should be going to see their own doctor. So we, uh, we have the medical questionnaire. 
they then um, we, we have we look at that miller question and make sure that it, they are safe to deal with and uh, we give them some ideas of what tests they should have done i mean usually we, we tech check them for their adrenal stress because most people we deal with are in their 40s and 50s uh, they're suddenly thinking oh I would look after my health. So we look at look at their adrenal stress, and they, they do a test for that. We look after their, we do tests for their diabetic, whether they're diabetic, whether their sugar, their sugar controls under control, whether they um, have thyroid issues, and we do quite complicated tests. I mean, it, uh, it's just an, uh, probably for another date, but we do. A, yeah, we love a full part. Do we get Cregan? Yeah, we have we have um, we have a test that measures your. Um, your LDL particle size, which is a, a much more gold standard test for your heart risk. So cholesterol do, risk. Yeah, though, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's not cholesterol risk. It's no, heart risk. Yeah. Cholesterol is not really much to do with heart yeah, disease. I fell into the old trap <laughs> there. The trap, that guy, did, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the cholesterol level, I don't give a monkey's what my cholesterol level is. It's actually yeah. what some of the other particles are. Or actually the ratios. And well, it's the carriers of the cholesterol that matters. But, but, but we, we do that on another day because it is such a complicated thing and we need to spend some time discussing it. But we, we, we do all this basic checks and, and people have it can, can ask for any check really we can do it for anything we can check their gluten sensitivity i mean that's if you go to your doctor for gluten sensitivity the only test i can offer you is something called a ttg which is a, a test for celiac disease but it's not a test for gluten sensitivity so only if you're celiac will it be positive right but people are either have no gluten sensitivity or it's like a bell-shaped curve if you think about it most people are either in or right in the middle on the top level whereas People are celiac at one end and people are uh, not gluten sensitive at the other end. So a lot of people have got some sensitivity to gluten, but it won't show up in the test. Right, yeah. But you can do, we can do the test that will show this, you are gluten sensitive. You're not one of these people who can eat whatever you like. Mm -hmm. So we can, we can so do... It's a deeper level and a higher standard of testing it's, really it's, than it's, you it's, can get from your, yeah. your GP. Well, your GP could, is so burdened with illness that he hasn't got time or she hasn't got time for... People who, for, who are he relatively healthy and want to become healthier, as you yeah, said. Yeah. So we do that, and then we offer them a nutrition and exercise plan, mainly nutrition, to be perfectly honest. Most people need nutrition first. Mm. The exercise can come after. I mean, if you, if you yeah. walk your dog and do, some, do something, it's a start, right? which most people aren't doing. So mm. we give them a nutrition plan, and then we retest. Mm. And we say, look, this is how, you, how far you've come. This is what you need to go for. And they could be retested on a yearly basis, or they can, if they're... If they're Bulletproof, if they're 25 year old bulletproof, they don't need retesting at all because they're just yeah. doing it all right, perhaps. But, yeah. You know, yeah, most people we test are not, have not got everything in, in line. Yeah. And as you can put in the recommendations and things Absolutely, to, to rebalance yeah. uh, all of that yeah. and then retest. Um, enough for today, yeah. uh, for yeah. this episode. Yes. Um, forever. Yeah, I know, we, we're both talkers, <laughs> Mark and I. I'm kind of uh, holding back here, trying to uh, be a good listener as well. Yeah. I. Just wanted to finish off with a couple of uh, housekeeping things. Again, just to remind people, um, the website is uh, richard-clark.co.uk. All the podcasts will be up on there as well as iTunes. If you want to submit a question, then again, it's info at richard-clark.co.uk. You can also tweet them to me, Facebook them to me, so on. Um, if you want to link up with Mark uh, and myself, obviously we're both on the, the Twitter and the Facebook, but Mark is on Facebook under Revolutionary Health, so if you want to follow them, uh, that would be great. And that is that. Next episode we're doing Q&A, so please tune in. Uh, if you can leave a review, if you are on iTunes, leave a review. Um, we will be given a prize uh, for positive reviews Um in let me just see yeah we'll be given a prize out in january for positive reviews okay so please leave a review 
and speak to you next time. Take care. Bye from me. And bye from me. Bye-bye. You, Me and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.